0: Welcome to another episode of Winging It with Painter and Rico. Don't know the number, we've done so many now, but our guest today is Jerry Gill former teammate of ours and current Bath City Manager. Great to see you, Chair.
1: And you, Dave. Nice to see you, Rico.
0: Yeah, Chair. Uh, I, I would just like to say, it's our first guest that's come in here and bought us a gift, a nice bottle of red wine. So future well, guests, take note, please. We're yeah. quite partial to gifts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was going to be some blackthorn, but I thought we'd move it along from <laughs> the old days. and we'd, uh, we'd go down the red wine route, but yeah, it's not very expensive, but I thought it a nice little gift. I haven't seen you for a while. No, too, very so. much appreciated. Yeah. So, where should we start, Jared? Well, the beginning, I guess. Um, yeah, so I was born in Clevedon. That is the beginning, isn't it, when you're yeah, born, I guess? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, born in Clevedon, um, and my football really was Courtney Witt School, primary school, back in the day, in Claverham. Um You always look back at your sports teachers as well, don't you, actually? And, and I had a ex-referee, Eddie Hughes, was a really good mentor to me at the time. Ended up playing for South Avon schools, and Clavering United, which was a little village team, obviously, it's no, no longer there. And a guy called Glyn Vaughan, another referee, which is Roger Vaughan's dad okay. who runs the Gloucester FA, yeah. Referees Association. Association. Yeah. Um, so those, those were a big part of my youth football. And then, obviously, in the Woodspring League, it was Clavering United, we were getting hammered most weeks, you know, 10 0, 12 0. And that was just life, and you expected it every week. Um, and hooker by crook, I ended up suddenly just turning up at Bristol, and I ended up playing for Fair Furlong. Um, and we would. Yeah. So, you can imagine this lad from <laughs> Claverham. Swing <laughs> in the team from the hood. Yeah, exactly, I was in the hood. And, um, yeah, Ted Perks ran it. Oh, well, Yeah, so Ted yeah. ran it, and um, we had Rich Ford and people like that in it. Mm. Um, and then on a Sunday, I played for Avon Athletic, which was um, over at Coronation Park in Warmley. That was a great side. And, in fact, Steve Fay, and I know he gets a lot of mentions on here, but Steve was my coach back in the day at under 14, so the manager was John Spencer. And Steve was my coach, and we had the likes of, and I've heard these names mentioned as well, so there was Johnny Biddles, there was Raymond Lee, who was a great footballer back in the day as well, Snake was there, Paul Irons, um, Neil Reeves, so yeah, that was... Good players. Yeah, really, really good players who went on as well, and Raymond Lee was the one that was, he's a bit like Raphael Burke, I guess, was had all the potential, but never really quite hit the heights that he should have. Um, and I have to say the stuff with Steve was, was really good, that's the first time I sort of experienced coaching. At that time also I was invited in a Parkway, so like West Ham, was at Parkway, Ravers, yeah. and Pete Aitken was doing the coaching there, so I was in with Pete and then I ended up at Avon because I didn't quite, didn't quite have enough at the time to, to make it. What position probably... were you playing then, Jeff? So back in the day I was a midfielder, always. Um, and we'll come back to that, Ricko won't we? Because I know Ricko wants to mention how he's changed my whole career and life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, um, yeah, I was I was a midfielder, and um, I scored a lot of goals at youth level as well with my energy. I I got to say, I don't think I was ever the most gifted football player. But what I did, and people say you're doing yourself an injustice there or whatever, but I was really fit, and I could run, and I can make the box, and I was a number eight. You call him a number eight now, wouldn't you? Yeah. But I just call it a midfielder. So a midfielder, really, you, you've got to have everything, you've got to be able to tackle, you've got to be able to pass it, and you've got to be able to run. And um, that was me. So didn't quite make it part way, although I was part of the um, infamous group that went across to Germany and got locked up. I yeah. don't remember that. Do <laughs> you remember that? So back in the day, um, said so there was Steve Yates, Marcus Brown, and me, Andy Watts, who's now my assistant, obviously. We went on a youth tour to Germany. And um, we lost in the final on penalties over in Germany. Not nine. Yeah, no. not, not nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost over there. And, um, of course, we've all gone out. We've had a few bevies. We're only 14, by mind you. <laughs> Trevor Jacobs was out there, Pete Aitken, Roy Dollin. Yeah. And um, people have noticed or were listening to it. Because at the time, Chelsea Riots was really prevalent as well. And it was in the news. Oh. And I remember coming back. And basically, we got locked up. So we were going through this little suburb and... Um, we ended up, I don't know what happened, kicking out some street lights, and I remember a bit of trouble. And then you heard the sirens, and next thing you know, you're back in the, you're chucked in some cells in Germany. That's frightening, isn't it? Imagine yeah. that, at 14. 14. At 14, and all those lads have mentioned it. And um, there was talk of us getting extradited back across to Germany when we came back. HTV West cameras and SODS law. I was working in sports fair at the time. On because I was doing a wreck and leisure course up at Filton College I remember getting evening post and they took a picture of me getting off the bloody coach <laughs> and we head's down like oh, the most guiltiest man in the world <laughs> coming off because all the flashing lights were there at Hambrook at the time so I was part of that as well, well yeah. so yeah so that was that was 14 um, and then sort of you finishing school and I went to Backwell school and at 15 I started playing um, men's football at Backwell because my youth stuff had obviously finished then is this where you sort of first tied up with Andy? What? Yeah, so Andy, I'm in a school with Andy, so Andy Andy was a year above me. My um, first, this is where I met AD Britton as well, as you know, Andy, you're good yeah. friends with AD. Yeah. Um, so AD was part of Backwell United. Johnny was, Southern. Was Johnny Severn the yeah. manager there? Yeah, he's a character, John. Brilliant, he's a brilliant football player. Brilliant, character. brilliant guy, John. So bearing in mind, I'm 15 only, so I'm not yeah. in the first team at this time, but Backwell had a third team then, and we'd end up playing the likes of Raymond Glass. So again, we're going right into the hood. And, uh, <laughs> playing, playing these games and it was almost like an extension of a youth team so it was very young and John Padfield ran it yeah, pads, yeah. yeah so I think he's still involved at Briz isn't he? He, is was, he, yeah, I don't know, he is he still, yeah.
0: is he still
1: involved I, I'm, he was always up there, right yeah. There, there yeah so obviously Jenks was part of the first team then yeah. playing yeah. Um, Stevie Strong he never played did he Stevie <laughs> yeah he played mate he was bold then he was like 12 he, I was bold when he was 12 um, but he, I remember Jenks he read the game so well a really good reader of the game um, oh, t- um, was Mickey Page there I can't remember Mickey because Page. Mickey Page is probably
0: about 60 and apparently he's playing his last game he's finishing this season is he really I've had a phone call from Lee Rendell to say that they're having a sort of game down there but yeah I mean he was down there well since year dot
1: I can yeah, remember must have been yeah I mean Billy Coggins was there obviously he yeah. ran it we all know Bill was, Bill was brilliant looked after the pitch John was manager we said there was Joe uh, Andy Matthias. Um, some good players in that first team. Good name. Dave Anderson, yeah. oof. Angry. oh, <laughs> <Christ. laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And of course, Andy then was a year above, so he was playing in the first team. Mm-hmm. And he was another one. i got to mention him because he was a good footballer, Andy. He was a good footballer, yeah. Um, but he probably didn't make the most of what he had. He didn't probably have the dedication, he said himself, that I, that I had in abundance. So, yeah, back all thirds. Um, obviously, then sort of progressed into the into the reserves with AD Britain. Um I then made it in the first team at about just coming up to 16 I think I was remember going to I think it's was away because the Western League then was yeah. like a proper league yeah. proper men's league you see
0: that too don't we?
1: yeah <laughs> good good level good level um, and then I went to Trowbridge and that was a real bizarre one really who was um, sitting so there So Ken Knighton oh right yeah. yeah remember him the old Sunderland yeah. manager yeah. so he was living in Nelsey at the time and had seen me and um, yeah I went over there of course I couldn't drive so this is when my dad comes in And as we all know, Dad's been a massive part of my football career. Um, Followed me everywhere, taken me everywhere, massive. So Tuesday, Thursday nights in the big (laughs) Granada. Yeah, yeah, that used to drink some fuel core. You'd never get anywhere nowadays, wouldn't you? And um, yeah, took me to Trowbridge at um, at 16. So it was Tuesday, Thursday nights, driving all the way from Claverham across to Trowbridge, across the top and down and in, and playing in the Bees-Romes League, which, you know, was phenomenal. Grantham were playing at that time in the league and Kings Lynn. And for a 16-year-old, it was brilliant. So I've had, me and Tom spoke about before we come on air, to have that experience, and I know you've said it a lot, as a young kid, not to go for an academy, but to go into men's football. That was a proper learning curve. Yeah, learn to find a way, Dave. Just, you have to find a way, because if you weren't up to it physically, you had to find a different way to try and play, to be able to perform. So how long were you at Traybridge? Not long So that's where I met Friggy So I I Friggy Yeah so Johnny, John, John now comes And watches Bath every week And he sends me a text Before every game What a top bloke <laughs> top man, Friggy And Stixie God rest his soul. So Stixie yeah. was there At the time as Mostly well Marcus Bray Marcus Bray Yeah he was um, yeah, Hatcheting everyone In the midfield <laughs> at the time And Boris So Boris came On loan To Trowbridge Because he couldn't get in and he was as tight now as he was then, as now as he was then, because he always made my dad travel and drive. So he'd never drive. We'd always have to pick Boris up, always. Um, but he came and uh, he scored a lot of goals, a lot of goals for us. And I, again, I was playing wide right in those days and a bit like Bath, I guess, back in the day we were talking about, we got the ball wide. It was quite, it was uncomplicated. Got the ball wide, put it in the box. When you got the likes of Friggy, they'll go and attack it. Boris arriving late. Sticks as well had a goal in him and, um, that was a really good side, that, really good side. Did you enjoy so, that? Enjoyed the time there? I loved it, mate. I loved it. I loved the I loved the camaraderie, the start of it, and we'll go into the Bath stuff because that sort of led into that after, later. But I loved the proper men's league, good travel. Um, loved it on the coach. Getting some good coaching as well under Ken because bearing in mind that he, you know, he was Sunderland manager yeah. back in the but, day. Uh, so, big, big club. Yeah, and um, then John Eleanor come in, actually. Um, at the time of it Pete listed, Amos, yeah, he came, he came in, and later I'd, I'd hook up with them later on as well. So that was that, um, and that was in I think that was one thousand, nine hundred and eighty-seven, and then in one thousand, nine hundred and eighty-eight, I got moved to Lake Norrin, which not people remember that from me. So again, going from the West Country to the East End of London was some culture shock, <laughs> and um, it was Frank Clark who signed me so he was manager at the time very big name was it yeah.
0: that's the Nottingham forest yeah
1: guy? yeah yeah so went in there um john sitting whoever's seen the footage on him he was center half at the time um who was it jerry john sitting john sitting oh, right. yeah he's the one um he's on the youtube footage if you if you look up john sitting late norren he's the one where he has a right go and he talks about a ruck and Bring you dinner too, and all that sort of stuff. You you look up John sitting afterwards yeah. on the infamous halftime talks. But that went in there, and they put me in digs. I was in a council flat in the East End of London with an old girl called Ivy English. <laughs> I remember her to this day, she was unbelievable. It was like my extended mother, and um, no heating. No heating at all in there. You used remember those gas fires where you press the button? Yeah. Do you on, remember ever do, still got it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of them. Um, ice on the windows and you wake up in the morning. I can remember going to bed with tracksuits on with your socks outside your tracksuits. <laughs> that's and, um, a trendy name, Yeah, that's trendy mate. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. Mate. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Armani socks outside, <laughs> it?
1: But Armand is, that's my sister. <laughs> um, yeah. And my car was broken into the first week up there. I had a... Uh, I remember my Ford Escort champagne color lovely. <laughs> and I pull out stereo gone I've got to take it out I've got to take it out they nicked that. And um yeah, so Layton Orient was 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 an experience, massive experience for me because obviously you're away from home. As you can appreciate, you're you you're in a you're in a massive city every other day was a stabbing, I was reading about all these things that I'd never even <laughs> thought about in my life. Nice. And um I didn't really settle to be honest it was it was. I and mean, I see it now when I've come through some of the youth coaching stuff that kids if they're not settled and not happy in the environment then they're not going to be able to perform on they and it's as simple as that and there was a little bit in that and I don't want to name coaches in this there was a first team coach in there that he used me as an easy option as well you know sometimes if you're a lad from outside yeah. you're a West Country boy and at that time I was quite I was quite shy a little bit insecure of course you're going into that as a young kid and he sort of picked on me a bit and I I look back on it now and it would be called bullying now but in the time you just thought do you know what he's just demanding a bit more of me yeah. but some of it was a little bit out of order and that obviously didn't help I can yeah. remember being on the phone to my parents they no mind saying it saying I'm coming home I'm going to finish I'm just going to come home but I didn't because that was my character as you know Yeah. I just stuck at it so 18 month contract just saw it through um, didn't make a first team game there played loads of reserve games in the south eastern league rather than the south west counties it the south east counties but again, good standard back then, wasn't it? Ridiculous, yeah, mental. The sort of clubs you were playing then. Proper blokes, like you're going to Tottenham Reserves and places like that. It was it was, it was, was mental, really. So I did that, I just kept my head down. I thought, just get through it, don't quit. And then got, obviously got released at the end of it. And I came back here in 19... I think that was 1990 then.
0: Well, it must have given you, like I said, a good experience. Now you're looking back on it, it must give you that grand yeah, to, to go for Because, like you said, it ain't going to get
1: much tougher in that, are you? No. Going into yeah. East End of London, living on a council flat. Yeah, mate. No, no, no. And, I, and do you know what, Dave? I look back on it now as really good experiences. Yeah. I think any experience you have is an experience. It's what you take uh, from it, isn't it? You make it a positive experience, don't you? Yeah. And you learn from it. Yeah. I think, I think that's that's the key. Yeah. I mean, too many now are too easy to say that that's it and they'll quit and they'll throw the towel in. Mm. I think from my upbringing anyway, that wasn't, my dad's was that way. You know, my dad's a lorry driver, he had to graft for every penny he got, and we didn't have a lot as kids. And it's not a sob story, it's just how we work. Yeah. Um, you know, we dad really well, and he's, yeah. he works, he'd give his last penny to anyone, and yeah. that's the way my dad is, and that's the way we've been brought up that way, so. Try to talk Luke. Yeah, and I don't mind, I don't mind saying that. That's, like I said, it's no sob story. So I dug in, and I just stuck at it. To be fair, Jared, looking at you now is how I remember your dad looking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got I might look like Philip Schofield but me Barney's not going to go mate it's going to go that's a compliment i am taking that I'll take that I'll tell him that as well so Uh, see what happened when you come back from Orient so I came back and then well what do you do Tony you know what you do you come back from the city and people people have probably forgotten about me jerry has gone from the West Country and they forget about you so I came back and um, I ended up signing for Bath um, and it was George Rooney who, who signed me and um I can mention fair again actually, because um, how it came about was that I think Bob Baird, sorry, Bob Boyd had phoned, phoned up fair um, via PB, and said, we're gonna start our reserves up. And they were almost gonna offer fair the reserves at, at Bath City, and they wanted, as you know, they wanted to make that like a youth team, a really young group. And he said, we wanna get the best youngsters from around the area. So fair just dropped me name in, and that's how it came about. I went across the Bath, trained, and then George, um, George offered me a, a contract, um, obviously at Bath. So. so it was George who signed you then. I, signed I thought
0: me. I fought with we before that, see, but obviously no. not. No. Because I can remember you quite clearly playing with you at Bath. Yeah. And I went there that long no. with George and you,
1: were I a year or so, but I thought I played alongside you a bit more than that. Yeah. No no yeah, George signed me and um, I think it was, unless I got it completely wrong. No, you I must pre- be right. But I just, I
0: can remember you clearly playing with you at Bath quite yeah. a lot. And I thought it was a, a yeah. few years. But if you were saying
1: 99, I think I left in 91. Yeah. So, so that's 20, I was 20 then. So not born well, 97, yeah. So I would have been mm-hmm. 20. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was, again, that was great because coming back into men's football, obviously, strong league. Gen Voxel Conference, strong, strong league. Still a wide player, really. When I knew probably I wasn't a wide player. Didn't have a trick, bad pace, could run. And I always, my dad had it, I always could strike a really good ball. And, I, and my crossing was one of my strengths, probably. Um, and of course, as it transpired, George got the sack. And then Tom um, come in. Um, and we can go on to our story then, Dave, about mm-hmm. when... Um, when Dave called us, in, when Tone called us in the office. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no. Listen, listen. When with a big sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, that's what what me and Toad spoke about it before we come on air, didn't we? And um, what and you do it gets lost, doesn't it? In trans, everything gets lost in translation. I think for the years and whatever, you, however you want to perceive it. But actually, when I look back on it now, obviously I've been released from a football club. My confidence ain't going to be the highest. Yeah. And you come back, and physically I was like a jockey's whip. There were not a lot on me and probably the physicality what we spoke about at the time I think time wasn't it was probably I needed to go and experience a bit more physicality like I had at Trowbridge because you were playing reserve team football which was competitive but there was no it didn't really really matter there weren't that free points and the conference was full of men it was just full of men yeah um, you had a lot of ex-pros in a conference, didn't
0: you? You, you? And not ex-pros at 35. You had them at 25, 26. Yeah. Who were strong in yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, And even that time, a lot of players in the conference were getting back in the league, weren't they? Yeah. They were getting... You know, yeah, people were. like Andy Tang. Well, we had Paul Boogin, didn't we? Went on for a yeah. fantastic career after. Who were yeah. in there, started yeah. doing their stuff again and getting picked up and going into
1: top-level football. Yeah, no, it's... Huh? I, I didn't hold any grudge with it. I, again, I saw it as a positive. I mean, the conversation went, um, do you want to go and play some men's football? Don't Then yeah. it came about, mate. It was Western, wasn't it? They must have yeah. fit an approach or whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, Western were in the Great Mills Western League at the time. Andy was there. Andy Watts was there. So, Bookie was there. He was now goalkeeping coach. Um, funny how things come round, isn't it, is it? funny, yeah. And we went down there, and John Eleanor was manager, obviously, with Pete Amos. So, there was a connection straight away. Um, and we had a great side. I mean, you had Paul Tatterton, Paul Elson, you had Matt Lazenby. I played
0: with all them as well, did yeah.
1: With John in... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, They were funny characters,
1: They right were they? funny I mean, characters, I mean, School
0: it. teachers, and they're different... Well, I say funny characters, different style of
1: management yeah. what I've ever been used to before, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. No, they were. I guess they were that, weren't they? They were probably... They were educators. Yeah. Which is a like type of coaching, isn't it? Pete yeah. was a coach. He was a coach, yeah. Pete was a coach. John was was more talker, but yeah, yeah. John, yeah. yeah. So not Pete not was very guy. FA, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was out of a book Richard, and, wasn't it? Yeah. Right out of an yeah. FA book. Which, well, good coach, Mike. Yeah, he was Pete good. Amos. Oh, yeah, yeah lots to thank them for, because yeah. don't forget Troy back in the day, and then you get your move. That connection was I think John Ellen and knew Frank Clark, where well, there was some sort of connection there. Going across, I don't know what it was, or it might have been Ken Knighton anyway. But a Western thing was the best thing that happened to me, so I went there, it must have been mid Would you come in October time? Uh, no later than that. Was it later than that? Yeah. Yeah. January. Yeah, that's it. So I went the end. That's it. So I went more or less then. And they say, to Andy he says, he said, you got to promote. I scored 15 goals for, for Western from centre midfield. And I just, all my goals, like the oval goals really, were all scored 70 minutes to 90. Because I was so confident in my fitness. I used to say to them in a horrible I used to say I'm going again. I used to, mark, people who were marking me, I'll say, I'm going again. I'm going again. Because I knew I could just keep running. Mm-hmm. And I ended up scoring a lot of late goals because of that and we got promoted obviously we won the league and then I came back came back to Bath then so and I came back a different a different animal. player yeah I did
0: so you went there and then you went to, so I reckon I went there that season because they went up then didn't they, they did. the, so me and Ricky Chandler yeah. went from
1: Cleedon to. That's to Western it. that season because they were there then that's it they went up
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and I've heard a lot yeah. of those because I was trying to sort of put that together about when you went there and then when they went yeah. up so yeah literally I, as they went up I went straight back and like Tony said I think I came back Totally different, I meant Yeah. So was this when you got converted though, to a, a
0: different position? I'm
2: not going to mention it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> mate. We've got to mention <laughs> it because. <laughs> <go on. laughs>
2: you you were playing midfield, weren't you? Yeah. And and doing all right as well. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, scored 15 goals.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah. that's some At uh, that uh, level. I, I know it's at that level, but still in the net. Yeah.
2: But but, but the growth in you as as a as a person, mm. individual, and human being was was immense, mm. and, you know, I just felt he was a football league player Mm. as a fullback Um, and we spoke before we came on air in today's game you could play midfield or or fullback but Mm. you know because of your engine Mm. you went up and down all day long Mm. and you know that was probably the start of the
0: overlapping fullback really and stuff wasn't it because it it was a bit more rigid back then wasn't it in the 90s you know you had someone in front of you didn't you and you had a fullback they might have done the odd overlap but not like they are now. I mean, they're best athletes in the team probably now, aren't they? Yeah, they are. You know, we said it before. Look at the Liverpool wing backs. Yeah, Trent. Yeah, oh, unbelievable, yeah. aren't they? I mean, they're like—he's got probably the most assist in the league. Yeah. yeah. The fullback. Yeah. You know, it's a different game, isn't it?
2: So. Well, we had, we had Palms at left back who couldn't get up and down. Yeah, no, so we lost. Yeah, but <he> went, <laughs> <he went> straight <laughs> the back. But he, but he would trundle past Palms, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. Trundle back yeah. now and, again. and yeah.
0: he had a great shot on him, and he, yeah. he could cross the ball. But like I said, he wasn't going to fly down no. there. And the other side, I mean, I mean, sometimes, well, just going back to our day, we had people like Jeff Sherwood play it right back. Yeah, 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 And yeah. he could run Jeff, couldn't he? But yeah, yeah. He gets to the end of the field and kick out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But well, you've learned a lot from them. Yeah. You, dis- you disagree with me at the time, though, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, we, we, I can remember yeah. clear as day. Speaking yeah. to you about it, clear as day. So I don't want to be a right back. Because I think probably because I'd gone there, I'd grown up, for yeah. one, and I felt as I could have that conversation with you. Mm. And we were always honest with each other anyway, yeah. that was the thing back in the day. Yeah. If, you, if you're ever going to leave anyone out, or ever fair play, you did it in the right way. Yeah. And you were very honest and upfront with it. You might not like it. I didn't agree sometimes, like going to Western really, I still didn't really agree with that, to yeah. be honest, did I? I was like, I think I can get in a team, I think I can find a way, because I'd learnt that in the early days, but that was what you wanted to do, and I accepted that and went and done it. Roll your sleeves up again, yeah. have a go, go and prove... career. I you liked the think, character to do that yeah, as well, I think, didn't you? I think I've had to I think I've had to prove people wrong a lot and a lot of people who've come on here have had to do the same but even to make me league debut at 27 I've had to prove a lot of people and even then people going still you ain't going to make it still to believe you're going to make it in the league I know it's easy to say in aftermath and hindsight but I still believed it at that time I still believed I was going to be a football league player and I think you know Palms God rest his soul he played behind me a lot as well which people forget so when we went to Cardiff and we won in that mm. famous FA Cup. Yeah. I scored the equaliser there. What a great day. You ended up on... I don't know, I ended up on Bloody Studios. And I should have Day. He was more gutted about missing the night out, actually. Because he got a car. I remember. And like... Wasn't like it? Taxis from Cardiff. Yeah. Match of the day. Straight out there. But I remember. Yeah, wasn't it? He, he, he was gutted because we had such a good night in town that night. Yeah. He, he was gutted. And they were ringing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then some palms played behind me. And to have that experience of someone talking... And I had that in me later in my career with Steve Bruce. Someone behind you talking and talking you through the game and understanding yeah. the game was invaluable. Yeah. And then I did, I sort of changed my role when you put me the right back. I, I just saw it as an opportunity to get forward as much as I possibly could. I mean listen, if I didn't stop across, I'd bloody know it still.
0: Yeah.
1: You would know it. Because yeah. that's the job of a fullback. Yeah. I mean, too too many times today. Oh, what's this one where they get down the line of it ten yards away and it's like, well come on a minute, get out there and yeah. stop the yeah. cross. Yeah. Um you said that about palms as well. That when yeah. he played beyond you
2: as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had more of it. If you don't do this, I'm going to punch you. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you could do with that, mate. If you could do with that. But, but that was great. And then that that was when I ended up. You know, I ended up playing 200 odd games for, for yeah. Bath City in the end, which I'm I'm really proud of. And I, a lot of the fans there now, because it's a new generation, they don't really understand that, and they still don't. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it, my life at Bar City, I've spent a lot of time at Bath City Football Club as now yeah. as a manager for nearly five years, four years. Four years, that's a good achievement. Yeah, he and is. as a player for that long as well, from mm. from 90 right the way through to 95 when I got sold eventually. Yeah. Uh, 95, 96, it was, that's a lot of time yeah. at football club and a lot of time, great times we spent together, didn't we? Yeah.
2: Great no, times. Same reason, you know, it, it, that's part of the reason we do this. You know, yeah. It gives people the opportunity to... to Tell us their stories and, and reminisce and um, that that's important. Yeah. So I'm gonna be honest, I want best happy mm. when you will come in for you. Mm. Um and your mate Rob Cousins Trigg <laughs> has already mentioned that he he got tapped up during a game. Mm. I think you got tapped up the same game? Same same corner, I think.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. Same corner I think <laughs> Yeah, we. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. I I've got to finish off by saying at Bath Sorry. that that made me that made me well probably what I am today. It was a fantastic five years, and I don't say that in any. other... I'm not saying it here just to, because you've sat here at all, and you're a massive part of that, actually you're my manager. But the group we had, and I, everyone spoke about it here, but it's so important to say it. The the group we had, the family feel, the way we'd look after each other on and off the pitch. I'm talking in town. There was times we spoke about some bits that we can't mention. Um, where it go off and we we knew we knew that we had each other's backs as well some great memories going to Tenerife I remember so I've got to tell the story because I remember Bristol Airport before Bristol Airport was Bristol Airport it was like your front room when yeah. it meant back in the day um, I don't know if I remember my uncle used to work there so he was head of the baggage handling and I said we're flying out to Tenerife he's like oh my god what today I said yeah we're coming out I said can you look after us can you like get us in a lounge or something he said well there's no lounges but we'll make sure you're alright so he's gone Are they all coming? Are you having a drink before? I went, no, 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 no. Of course, everyone's on it early (laughs) in the day. It must have been 11 o'clock, something like that. We're flying out, but everyone's half cut. Get to Bristol Airport. He's saying to me all the time, make sure you behave. They won't let you on the plane. Is that fancy dress? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's in fancy dress first and foremost, right? So we've had a we've had a liquid breakfast. I've met because I've come from Clavering, met up there, they've all come in. First thing is, trolley race! So <laughs> they've got the trolleys out, and there's people on the trolleys all right, there's alarms going off all around whistle up. My uncle's going, you ain't gonna get on the plane. I'm going over to lass who you quiet down. Imagine what I'm getting back. Yeah. So that was the start of it, and those those sort of things you remember and you go back. I mean, I remember Cider Day. At the Rose, I think it is in Tenerife on the front. I remember Palms being sick on no. Jay Lucas's back and all <laughs> sorts, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. Because someone's talking about Palms spitting the other day, or anybody that was—he took it to the nth degree on that one. But we had some great times, some great games: the Hereford FA Cup, the Cardiff away, yeah. the Stoke to go to Stoke, and and to draw nil-nil Neil at Stoke. Victoria, you know, uh, and Joe Jordan's manager, and phew, some great. Great times, great times. And it always followed up with that time together afterwards. It wasn't like it is now. They get in their cars, they go home. I've got to ask them to go and have some food after now. Mm. Everyone would be in the bar afterwards. Oh, yeah. Man. Everyone more or less would go out. You'd never you'd never end up going home, really. I was a bit different, because I was from out in the stick, so I had to get my dad to pick me up on the <laughs> train. <laughs> every, every Saturday night, go in the phone box and ring in. He'd be like, I'll come and get you. Um, but that's we'll, where. We will get to you, we'll, yeah. Grantly Dix, he, well, you become muckers, didn't you? Well, that that's probably the most unlikely friendship in the world of football, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so, good <goodness> looking <laughs> yeah. boy like you, oh, mate, <laughs> mate. Yeah, it was yin and yang, wasn't it? <laughs> Toss and wank, some would say. <laughs> but he, um... I mean, Grantly hit it off like like yeah, we were we were best buddies, and I of course I used to travel in with him and Pudge because I'd come south Bristol, yeah. I'd come up, meet Grant, meet Pudge, and Leanne. Leanne used to cook me Sunday breakfast and I used to stay at Grantley's because obviously not going home sometimes easy place to stay with Grantley we'd room together and we became best buddies and he was almost like my he thought he was my minder or something. I don't know. He felt like he was looking after me <laughs> up until I moved. And when I when I went, he stopped talking to me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Grant's like that. So Grant's like, I remember him going, you can't go to Oval." He said, we don't like them. You can't go that. I'm going, yeah, but they're offering me three times as much money, mate. And I feel like it's right for me career. And it wasn't about the money, but it was about my career. And we'll talk about it. But he's like... Mate, if you go there, I ain't gonna talk to you. And he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't talk to me. And um I've seen him since. I have seen him since. But um yeah, that was that was Grant. But yeah, we had, me and him had some some great times. We all talk about the tattoo while we we're here.
2: Yeah. I can
1: remember being in, in his house one afternoon. We must have had a drink or something together, and he said, Should we and get a tattoo? <laughs> I was like I'm like, not really, mate, no, why? Yeah. He went, Yeah, I really fancy a tattoo. He said, Come on, just get up there in bed, Let's get. Up. I know a really good tattoo shop. I'm like all right, big gullible. I go out there. And I came out. I had an Adidas thing on me arm. Tattoo, tattoo, tattoo on me arm. I remember turning up with the lads. Imagine that. And it's the old school one, the retro Adidas oh, sign my on friend. me arm. And Grant has had a pair of. he's still got it, obviously. You know, a pair of boots hanging on the wall like a boot room. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the worst tattoos you could oh, ever imagine. I wish I knew when he cut Oh them. mate, and that's that's what we were like in a day. We were. We were, it's so different um, I've had it gone over since by the way um, a cover up because it was horrific I, I can, the, 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 the reason I did is because I, I went on holiday to Thailand uh, and um, I walked by someone and they started laughing at me <laughs> I thought I, I, um, I got to sort this tattoo out and um, yeah that, so that was Grant yeah, and I can't geez. believe you go in the shop go on I'll have that I, yeah, yeah,
0: like I know, I know that. mate I, know.
1: I think it was on his cap or something
0: I just went oh, I'll have that I mean, um, got a few, I mean we've had Jeff there and he's got a tattoo on his arm and it says Jeff that's just because he's okay. out on a night out and forgets his name and he's oh yes yeah,
1: Jeff <laughs> yeah horrific one mate it's probably one of the worst actually um, so yeah so that was that was important I mentioned that about Bath because it was generally a massive part of my life and to this day obviously um, but yeah so we go on to your Oval so we tap you up at the corner we're yeah, talking Graham the, Roberts here Graham yeah Roberts. so Robbo and he's still in Robert. touch with me he, yeah. he, um, and I know Tone and Robbo are probably not the best of buddies for a number of reasons probably
2: yeah no we we, we competed you yeah. know, when he was a player at Weymouth and yeah. we, we competed and um, yeah yeah well, but fantastic player yeah and I don't know him socially again no. it's one of those it's football I don't know the person mm. You know and you don't sometimes you don't as is managers no. and coaches and you know when he was trying to pinch me players I wasn't happy yeah no, of course mate no no
1: no, absolutely and, and certainly not from a corner during a game <laughs> and um, now he, he's one thing I'd say about you both is you're both winners first and, yeah. and foremost so you both got that in you that you want to win every time yeah. you go out there you want to win and I suppose he was just as competitive when he wanted his players yeah. so he knew what he wanted um, he's done a podcast talking about it, actually he said when he took me in, Trigg, he knew that was the final cog's in the wheel that he wanted for that to make that team successful. And ironically, he played me centre midfield. Yeah, because he, he saw. Bearing in mind now, this is 96, something like that. 96. Yeovil um, was still a massive club. Yeah. The reason I did it, and I joked about money, of course. Financially, they didn't compare at the time because you had a massive budget cut yeah. at the football club. That's not the reason why I left the football club. I left the football club to, that. Yeah, to progress my career. We had a long conversation at your house. We did. And i got to say, you did everything you possibly could to convince me to stay. Um, you said you'd made me the highest paid player in Bath City, so 180 a week. Um, <laughs> <that> Joe Morgan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's, but you did. Joking aside, you you did everything you possibly could to keep me at that football club. I didn't want to lose you and Trick, No, not cousins. No, I did and, and it and it was. It's like anything when I leave a player. It's not personal, and it never is. And we probably haven't seen each other since since then. Really, we might have come across each other a bit, but football moves on and, yeah. and at the time were you able in there stand the ground they are now or so brand the new stadium way? yeah brand new that stadium. was impressive going yeah. down there in the new yeah. stadium Least so, I yeah, yeah that's the thing that's the biggest thing for me it was that's what so Rico's argument was fair play you're going to drop down a level but my argument was I'm going to go backwards to go forwards because I could yeah. see it I could and no one really knew no one really yeah. knew but I remember going down there playing at Yeovil when they did move. I mean, it was a great
0: atmosphere of the old ground when we had some cracking games yeah. down the old place. But when they went there, it felt like a proper team on the way up. You yeah. it a little bit like we said about Forest Green now, where they're going. But Yeovil at that time, yeah. yeah. And to be fair, they did go on, didn't they? Yeah, to they to did. They a the championship
1: in yeah, years did, down mate. the line. Yeah, so. it's a bit like a rush. Remember Rushden and Diamonds? Yeah, a similar sort yeah. of thing, wasn't it? Set up. Yeah. Um, but it was to go back, and that was the Isis League, so it would be our level now, like National League South. Yeah, London-based league, a bit like ours, National League South now. A um, lot of London-based lads. The other important thing to mention, this is I then got transferred from my work, because I was working at Avoncrop Immunity Products over in Samford. Dad was working at Avoncrop, sister company. They transferred me to Bracknell. So there was a lot of those London lads. So we had a car school that would come from London. Yeah. So here's another thing. So I used to travel three hours down and three hours back on every Tuesday and every Thursday to train. Mm-hmm. And that's like, people think about it now and they think, well, I look at it now and go, how the hell did I do that? But yeah. you do it. You do it. Unfortunately, I probably had my most successful season in football, if you like, non-league football. Got an England cap, got to play for England over in Republic of Ireland, which is amazing memory to play for your country at any level is is a massive achievement. Trick still wearing his shirt. Is he still got <laughs> it on, Trick? Yeah. 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 <laughs> his cap doesn't fit his head though. <laughs> Sorry, Trick. But, but no, he. Um, and Trick was a massive part of that as well because we're going together, of course, and we're going into a London environment again. London um, dressing room. Didn't know Robbo. Didn't know him. Um, he was a. He was a. He demanded a lot of you. He was a teacup thrower as well. Um, I mean, when I went to play for England, he was a great example of it because he wanted to keep me grounded not that I was ever a player who'd get carried away with that he rang me I jumped off the plane at Heathrow I had all my England stuff on still he said and they had a Somerset Premier Cup game at Polton Rovers that night he said I'll see you at Polton. I went Gaffer I've, I just got off the plane he said I don't care you're coming down he said you're playing tonight in the Somerset Cup I said well I might be a bit tired I played last night just flown in he said no I'll see you there so I get to Poulton and um, he names the team of course he names me on the bench sub do the warm-up, go around, go to sit on the bench. I sit on the bench, he goes, right, go back, go and get me a cup of tea. So I'm, the game's kicked off, by the way, so I'm now walking back and walking. So I knew what he was trying to do. Would I have gone about it that way? Probably not. But he was trying to get me back down to earth. Not that I was going to be like that anyway. So I got that, I ended up scoring. We've seen it, 16 goals that season from centre midfield as well. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was phenomenal. We had 100-plus points, we had... That that famous game, nine thousand in there for an Isis game, a thousand locked out. Yeah. we were Enfield, getting that was an Enfield, one. Yeah, yeah. We're getting we're getting we're getting crowds of two and a half thousand. It's mm. like ridiculous. It was ridiculous.
2: You know, I made the move, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I Through my playing career yeah, and went it. down the Euro yeah. for three seasons, but mine was a little bit different. Bobby Jones called me into the office and he said Rico we can't turn the money down <laughs> <laughs> oh cheers yeah you're going <laughs> yeah so uh, so I had to go yeah. yeah
1: and that comes into it money does come into it in the end with for clubs because we spoke about it before and I've got to learn about it being in Bath now because there's all the old records there still and this is this was the naughty side of it so I told Rico this you weren't yeah. really aware of it too much were no, really, you before no, so wasn't. I was sold for nine and a half grand combined fee with Trigg 15 grand so four and a half was Trigg we both had sell-ons because they thought we might kick on which is the right thing to do as a football club yeah. and of course I have the best year I ever had and a lot of clubs come in so Cardiff come in Exeter came in and none of the Bristol clubs come in ironically um, but that's not a shock no it's it's yeah It's I mean there's a lot of lads in there who've gone on From this area and not been recognised by the two Bristol clubs. Why I'm saying that Um, that point. But I'm twenty six, so it's like this is late to make it as a pro. And Birmingham City came in. Well, at the time Trevor Francis is his manager. Um, they invited me up for three games and I play three trial games. So Robbo says you can go up. It's still in season, so I'm going up in the week and I'm playing reserve games and I can remember playing against Reggie, blink, coming back for Play for you on yeah. Saturday, so it's a bit of a gamble. In my mind, I'm thinking if I get injured now, this this could be, you know, horrific. But you do it, don't you? Because yeah, it's an opportunity. Chance. So, what club they're? You know, they're in the Championship, and you have know, League One or whatever's Championship now. Club, yeah, Brilliant. massive club. And um, I go up, play three reserve games, play against Leicester, and it's like Anders Limpar's playing in the reserves at Birmingham City, and it's like Andy Leg and Jason Bowen, and I'm like, this is unbelievable because. Cause Trevor had taken over from Barry Fry, and as we all know, Barry Fry had about 58 players at the time. Um, play against Reggie Blinker for Sheffield Wednesday in a reserve game. Um, and then I played against Man United, and it was at the time when the class, all the lads were in it. So there was Butty playing in it, and all them lot were playing in the reserves course I, I went there with really with no pressure because I was loving me to him dropped in buddy. <laughs> 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 I got to know yeah that is a bit of an I got to know through coaching so that's why know, I mentioned it. Yeah, me yeah. Sorry. it sorry yeah okay. I've got to know through Premier League coaching and stuff but it, yeah, no. it um I I I went there genuinely I felt you know when you go and trial someone you feel nervous and edgy I was loving my job, genuinely. I had a great job where I was going around sports ground, selling sports ground equipment and golf course equipment, so I loved my job and got paid well. I was getting good money at Yeovil, enjoying my football, couldn't have been any better. So I actually went on trial with no pressure. Yeah, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, and I, I thought, if I get this, mm. am I really going to get this at 26? I, I was like, well, I might, but I don't know. I might end up going to Exeter or Cardiff or something. Well, of course, I played the three games and... Um, they offered me. They offered me a contract. It's pretty much after those three games, and that was in the January, and I signed it. How long was the contract, Jerry? So I got a year's contract to start, yes. and um, I, I, I then. It, it was one of them ones where I signed it and I had to play for yoga for the rest of the season, and I'm thinking, God, again, get injured now, and you end up going to Birmingham, and you're playing catch-up if you're injured. And you've got to do pre-season. So you're going from my level now, which I'm managing at, to championship. It's yeah. like, it's massive. Mm. And the why I mention the money is because I went for 100 grand with Howard Forrington at the time. And it was always me, me, me. All the talk was in the paper, Jerry Gill, going to Birmingham, blah, blah. blah. And suddenly Howard Forenton came into the equation. And I was sold for 30 grand and he was sold for 70 because of this sell-on. Mm. And it was really naughty because Bath knew it. And they tried to take it further, actually. Mm, they did. And, um... I didn't like that because I one thing I wanted was make sure if I did get a move, Bath benefited mm. from it in a big way, and they only got that percentage of thirty rather than the big lump, yeah, so yeah. which was a bit naughty. Um, but that, you know, yeah, happens, and I I get the move. I, I got new dentists still at me to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's an yeah. interesting point there. I never yeah, thought of that, but that is, and you can see it now. Yeah, 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 totally. And I got me move, and cool, you know, twenty six to get a move to the championship. It was that was I'd won the league at Yeovil obviously yeah um, I scored gold of the season like I said everything down there had, had just come off for me um, so moving to Birmingham, obviously you got to move there yeah yeah it was huge so um, I mean they talk about it it was different level we'll put you in a posh hotel to start with until you find yourself a property bear in mind they're in a championship um, yeah it was just it was crazy I'd actually signed married then so no not married single single right. So split up for my girlfriend because of it. Right. I mean, this is a theme going through it. As Tom, and you know, I'm football obsessive. I always have been. And it's always been my life. And it's taken over my life. And probably I've suffered relationships because of it. I don't mind saying that as well. So, yeah, at the time I was living with a, a girl in Emerson's Green. And, um, yeah, that's it stayed for a bit. But I'm in a hotel in the week and coming back. And then I think, well, I can't come back because I've got rest. And mm. you can imagine going there, I had to be... 100% focused on everything I did, and I gave it my best chance. And um, yeah, Bob in a hotel to start with training, never came back. So that that sort of went by the wayside the relationship. But to me, I know it sounds really harsh. That it wasn't that didn't matter. It was football. Everything was football. And um, I signed for Birmingham at Wentworth Golf Club, believe it or not. So when that when that contract got offered, Trevor Francis, and he's the most pretentious man. You you know, Wentworth, Surrey. I know, I know, I know. I know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So he, he, from his time at Palace and stuff, he'd had obviously London houses and he, he happened to have a house at Wentworth. So he said, "Jerry, could you come to my house? I live at Wentworth Golf Club. And you can imagine, yeah. again, I, had, I, had, I think I had a Renault... Renault 19 or it might be a Peugeot 306 diesel and I can remember a lot of smoke coming <laughs> out the back of it. And I'm thinking, God, I've turned up at these gates, so it went with, if I press this button, they've opened literally, and all I can remember is the stones being white on the way oh, down. No, I'm looking, looking out the, out the, the, the <laughs> back and all the diesels coming out the back of the car. <laughs> Have you been with D? No. Oh. oh it's yeah.
2: Millionaire's Paradise. Yeah. yeah. earning all of them. Yeah. yeah. Places there. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, Trevor it's...
1: Trevor is pretentious best and he I mean I've got a lot to thank him for because this is a guy who's taken me from Non-League at twenty-six and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And um, So he took me in, and and his Helen, who's passed on, bless her. She was unbelievable. From Welsh, Helen was. She's an unbelievable host. So she made me the most relaxed I could be. His wife. Yeah, his wife. And she's passed on now. Um, And I still speak to Trevor. So, yeah, I've gone in. All I can remember is and this will be Trevor, so all these pictures of him when he was at Sampdoria were <laughs> up on the, you know, when he was at Forest, first million pound player, the shag pile carpets was like pure white and I'm checking my shoes, I'm going in. But this is a weird thing, he said, come on, he said, do you fancy a game first? I'm like, what, game of golf? I ain't got me clubs. He <laughs> went, no, we're going to play football in the back garden. So I'm like, he said, me two boys are out there. So I'm thinking, is this a trial now? So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm now in Trevor Francis' garden out the back. Really? And I've got like smart kind of trousers. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, mate, I've got smart trousers on and my shoes. And I'm playing football with his kids in the back garden. <laughs> but all it was, I realised now, he went, um, oh, by the way, that's Bruce Forsyth lives there. I was going to see he lives there. R- Russ Abbott, that's him, he lives there. And it was him just showing off. So did you have a good game? Good game. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I like it I like it mate so um, so that was it yeah so I I I can remember I mean she gave me some breakfast and I couldn't I was too nervous I had orange juice and croissants and I come out of there and um, no it was a two year contract it was actually me it was a two year contract so I signed he offered me a year originally but when we went down I didn't have an agent I asked the PFA and um, I ended up signing it wasn't for huge money or anything like that because it's your first contract going for non-league give it a go yeah it's not going to be it's not going to be life changing I ended up signing three contracts at Birmingham then, and then it became a lot better. It wasn't the money that's in now, but it's still, yeah. um, you know, I'm not gonna say it wasn't good money, it was good yeah. money. Um, How long did you spend at Birmingham? So five and a half years. Yeah. Um, and I played 80-odd games in the championship, which I'm really proud of. I mean, yeah. it's to play one game in the championship is, is phenomenal. I was, lads, I had to be at my best every single day, yeah. because I'm 26 years of age and you've got to prove yourself every single day in training you have to because of the level it's, it's crazy and you're playing with some unbelievable players you? well Jeff Horsfield Stan Lazaridis yeah. um, Danny Sonner I mean when I went in so the early days when I went in early um, I made my debut so Trevor he left it and left it and then he called me on I'd sort of gone inkling but he wanted to do it because you knew I'd be nervous. And I bought myself a flat then, so I got myself a lovely bachelor pad. Perfect, it was on the canal in Solihull. And um, I was living my dream, that was my dream. I was living it, I was living it. Not in a pretentious way, and I wasn't big headed. And I'd be so anxious on a Friday, just in case. i turned my phone off on a Friday lunchtime and said, I'm not talking to no one. And I'd lock myself in my flat. I look back now and I, I had too much nervous energy going into games, but you learn, don't you? Mm-hmm. But I'm 26, so. You still feel it, 26, championship, you're playing for at of 30,000. Mm. It's an Andrews demanding crowd as well. But they liked what I had, they loved that. They loved the tackles, they loved the grip, they loved the energy, loved the steel. So he called me on a Friday afternoon after training, he said, um, just wanna let you know you're making your debut tomorrow against Swindon at home in, um, in the championship. He said, you're up against Mark Waters. So I'm like, oh, oh my God. God. I remember him, like yeah. step over us for fun, like yeah. left winger. I thought I'm gonna have to nail him early doors. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to my bath. I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna have to do it. So um I'm gonna wipe my feet on him <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. And um, Anyway, yeah, so I turn up and um to so the back four, so Ian Bennett's in goal, back four, me right back, gone back to right back now, Trevor saw what you saw, so it must be yeah. good managers to see it, Tony. And um I like got it right. <laughs> Steve Bruce, right centre back. Gary Ablett, left centre back. And my best mate, Martin Granger, left back. So Steve Bruce has come, forfeited his testimonial, and come to Birmingham City, because at the time they wanted him in, big name, good money, organised, good leader. So. I come in on the Saturday so nervous, you can imagine. I'm so nervous and um, Brucey pulls me one side before the game. He'd never do a warm-up, Brucey, because he came in there and he was starting to get a little bit rotund, but he read the game so unbelievably well. He pulled me to one side. He said, "Jerry, come here. He said, come here. He said, um, congratulations. He said, I knew this. Trevor pulled me. He said, have a great debut. Enjoy it. He said, you leave my fucking side once today, you'll know about it. <laughs> he said, anything over the top, he said, you'll get in. Anything to the side, you'll get in. He said, I'll look after everything in front of me. I was like, OK, <laughs> no problem. And he got in the bath, this is his warm-up, he got a hot bath and he had piles really bad, hopefully okay. <laughs> not eating your dinner. He'd bend over, put his piles back up and he'd go out and play <laughs> and he'd go out and play a game of football. And that was Brucey. But imagine that for 90 minutes, you've got Steve Bruce inside you yeah. talking you through that game. For 90 minutes, we ended up winning 2-0. Trevor did it properly, invited me in, gave me a bottle of champagne and all that sort of stuff. And that, was start. that was the start of it. I was in and out in that season. I had won the season where I ended up playing Who were three. you in competition with? In right back? I think I had every right-back in the country coming. That tells you that you won't really <laughs> have a bit. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but, um, but again, you, you have to fight. Prove them wrong, wrong? Yeah, you have to prove them wrong. And, mm-hmm. and I knew I knew I had to be at maximum. In Birmingham City, you're never going to be the only right-back you're probably going to have two or three. And Bassy was there, John Bass, who's a good friend of mine, who was uh, Jay spoke about him as well. So Bassy's time sort of was coming to an end and I sort of went in the team and he'd done well there, Bassy as well. So I'd I'd got in the team, um, but then you'd add, I mean, you had some, Gary Rowett was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, try and get him out of a team. He was good in the air. He could defend, he could pass it strong. Um, I had Peter Atherton come in, Gary Charles, Steve Jenkins... These are all really seasoned professionals at that level that kept coming in. But like I say, to play eighty games, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm, you should be. Like, so you should be. And 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 Jimmer and your family. Yeah, and and I got to play at some wonderful stadiums. I'm a Liverpool fan, as you know. For, been a Liverpool fan since 1977 as well. Yeah, yeah. My first, my first recollection was obviously 77 European Cup final, and Kevin Keegan's a hero because. I thought he made the best of what he had he wasn't the most gifted player but I could see in him his professionalism and how he looked after himself mm. and I got to play at Anfield my last game for Birmingham City was at Anfield um, and I've got my screensaver and everything so it was me and Michael Owen so it was Michael Owen up front with Nicholas and Elka um, I am Mark Patrick Berger he got taken off and they brought on Smitsa I touch, this is Anfield going out. There's 43,000, 5,000 Birmingham City fans. Oh. Even think about it now, it makes hairs on back and yeah. neck just stand up. Great memories I'm um, playing at White Hart Lane in the quarterfinals of the Worthington Cup, and George Graham got sacked the next day. We won 2-0 down there. Um, and the biggest story every Blues fan I tell you about is, you You might have read about it, so I've played played a lot of football in that Cup run. i played every round. We played Ipswich in the semi-final and Marcus Stewie was in playing for Ipswich at the time and they got hold of it two West Country lads so we had a double spread in the Sun paper so my story and his story and how we've arrived at it, it was really nice so of course I'm chatting to him up and they really fancy it they're in the Premier League at the time going really well and we're in the Championship semi-final first time Birmingham City would ever get to a major cup final for over 30 years we're losing 1-0 from the first leg at Ipswich and I'm playing in the second leg like I said I've played every round and it's a sellout, and the whole place. You ask any Birmingham City fan, when I mean rocking, the place was shaking. You could Where feel. Where was it? Out St Andrews. Out uh, St Andrews. It was shaking. If you go on to see the footage, now the whole place is just. And the pitch was gone. It was a mud heap. Uh, Richard Wright was in goal, and we end up winning the game 4 pheno- 1. It was phenomenal. So we get through to the Women's oh. Cup final at the Millennium because Wembley was being built. Yeah. Who were we playing? Liverpool. And it's when Fowler scored the volley. can you remember it dropped, and he scored the volley. And. Um, play Every round, so we go down to Wales. Yeah. You know what's coming, yeah. Go down, but four days down there, I'm in some shape. Then I'm not in some shape, I'm in some shape. I'm thinking, Well, I might be, but I might not be. And John McCarthy just come back from a broken leg. And me and Nicky Eden had a really good relationship, me and Nick, because we were both fullbacks. But we dovetailed each other in the league campaign going through. And um, yeah, he dropped me on the coach on the way to the game. Who was that, Trevor Francis? It's Trevor Francis, yeah. So, and I wasn't only left out, I wasn't even on the bench, oh. having played every single round. So they brought in David Holdsworth. He'd been injured for a long time, put him on the bench. Trevor's words being that he wanted a centre back rather than just a full back on the bench. Mm. I think it was an easy option because of where I've come from yeah, looking back yeah, on yeah. it now. So I missed out 70,000 fans at the Millennium uh, against my team Liverpool. But I don't hold any grudge against Trevor for that because, like I say, he took me from non league football and to have that experience of playing in some massive, massive games. Every game's massive in the Championship and I've had a good experience. The rapport I've got with those fans up there is phenomenal. I go back now and I yeah, get yeah. such a good, re- good reception. you, you, you did to...
2: still do a bit of radio commentary. With
1: yeah, them? yeah. Still yeah, I did. I go out and I played in the former players' association as well, support their charities up there when I can. Um, and it was, I, well, I live my dream. I live my dream at yeah. the top level. I couldn't, I couldn't play any higher than what I got to, and that was. Who would have thought it when you know when I'm 26 years of age still at the Oval, I didn't think I'd get a to do that
0: player. it's like you said every every kid's sporting dream
2: play football as high as you can yeah you can so that. Birmingham finished yeah
1: yeah Five So Steve, years good years yeah very good years brilliant years and I was 32 then yeah. so 32 we got promoted so Trevor got the sack four years in a row we tried to get the playoffs lost four years in a row couldn't quite do it and um, in the playoffs playoffs yeah I didn't realise that four years in a row yeah, yeah. and um, I played in one of them second leg away at Barnsley played midfield then he put me in the midfield That, but we, we were four down from the first leg it was never going to happen so um, but then he got the sack and then Brucey came in around Christmas time as manager Yeah. so he took over ironically he gets him promoted straight away against Norwich at Millennium yeah. so I'm playing I, he's now my manager Steve man's man says it as it is come up to me and said look we've now been promoted to the Premier League um, you're going to play probably 10 games maybe squad player 32 so I'm thinking what do I do here do I Stay, get some Premier League games. So I stayed for a bit, and then I thought, I gotta go and play some more football. I'm 32. I felt as if, in a perverse way, because I played non-league football, I could play longer. I yeah. knew I could. I, I was always fit. I didn't. My legs weren't going on me. So I did. I left. I um, and he was good as gold. So they looked after me. I had a year left on my contract. They looked after me massively. Karen Brady at the time who was my boss as well. Karen, she was good as gold. And the Gold Brothers, they're they're fantastic people. Um in fact I got a handwritten letter off one of the Golds, and that don't happen very often when you left the football club. So I got that off David Gold. They get slaughtered as well, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They get hammered. Yeah. Yeah. They get the, the, the three of
2: them, Kevin yeah. Brady and the and the Gold brothers, you know, they get slaughtered and i yeah. still see it now on some of the forums, yeah. you know. It went well, stamina, don't there,
1: they? Yeah. Well, they're business people tone and they're ruthless at what they do and they have to be at times because otherwise we wouldn't be successful business people. Yeah. But say as you see and say as you're treated, I give everything I could for that football club and they could see that and they, they looked after me in that regard. So when yeah. I left, they looked after me in my year contract. And plus to get Henry hundred that meant more to me than anything because yeah. that doesn't happen. It's normally, you know, what it's like, see you later. Yeah. Yeah. And you're gone and you're know a number. Yet. And you there move it's on. appreciation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So. So that was that so i ended up going to northampton at the time we're in league one and this is how me and paul Trollope became good friends so we were premier league i left on loan to go to northampton trolls come from fulham playing at fulham in the premier league so we were the ones talking shock football on the coach talking about coaching starting to think about styles and philosophies um and that was good we had the likes of marco gabardini martin smith really good side daryl burgess Lee Harper, the goalkeeper; Chrissy Marsh, at right back. Some really good players in there. Chrissy Yeah. centre midfield. Um, so that was good. I went there. I scored an own goal in my f- debut, which was class. <laughs> really, really, um, sort of fans took to me straight away. Against Blackpool, 89th minute, come off my shin, went top bin. But I, um, I was there for a season. Sort of Easter time, flying. They spoke to me then about a two-year contract because um, I'd gone on loan and I thought right let's turn it into a permanent and they said to Bowman we were like yeah I should go on then do it and we went to Tranmere on the Easter Monday so on the Easter Friday my agent had gone in we, we'd spoke I had an agent then we'd spoke about a new deal got it all agreed said we'll sign it up on next week went to Tranmere and snapped my cruise ship on, uh, the, on the Monday um, at Tranmere in a league game and it I'd never got in, you could, About you can never remember me injured, I'd never got injured, mm-hmm. just never. And um, the two injuries, unfortunately, I had were really serious ones. But again, that fighting spirit came out of I me and I thought, I'm 32, and everyone went, you're done. But back in the day, one like it is now. Yeah. That's a bad old injury. I thought my hamstring had gone because I felt this massive pain in the back of my knee. But I heard something pop and it felt like my leg went over the stand and come back again. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Coming off the nice kind tram, you you're getting, getting absolute pelt as you're getting carried off. But I can remember doing the draw test, and my knee just came away and yeah. went back. And of course, Northampton. No, it wasn't a challenge or anything. Just the first one time was I I I'd nicked a ball between someone's legs, yeah. and um, he was in on goal. And I nicked it, and I felt something just clap my foot. it saw my knee. The next one was someone put one in the channel, and I went to turn. And, as I said, my knee felt like it went that way, and my body went that yeah. way. Classic crew shirt went from underneath me and um, 10 seconds of the most excruciating pain I could ever imagine, then it just goes. And you think, well, that's nothing, really. Of course, you've ruptured it completely. Yeah. Um, So some nice stories around this, even though it's a bad injury. In 32, I thought, right, go back in on the Tuesday, that contract you've gone on and that, what contract? Hmm. So that was it, it was taken away from me, went to the PFA, Benevolent Fund, and I have to speak highly of the PFA because I've been a member for such a long time. Benevolent Fund helped me out. So he said, we'll sort you out, pay part of your money between now and then you do rehab. But the first person on the phone, so I'd gone permanent now, was Steve Bruce. He said, get yourself back here. He said, I know you're not part of our club. He said, you're having our surgeon, using our physio. He said, cause no disrespect, they won't have the same facilities and rehab as what we can. And you can't speak no highly of a man than that, even though he wanted me to go really mm. to get me back. If I hadn't have done that, I probably wouldn't have gone on and played. He was honest in that front with you, wasn't Yeah, he? he was. He was. You appreciate that. that. Yeah, you do. You do. And so that was my time. I tried to come back, Colin Coldwood come in his manager. He said, come and play in a resi game at Aston Villa. So I said, I'm going to, because you're chasing that contract. And um, that was something like nine months in. I can remember running... Did you started your coaching career now? So, yeah, so I started doing a bit of Birmingham City community yeah. uh, programme. And... Um, because that gave me a good opportunity to do it anyway mm. um, so it was with Kevin Broadhurst who was doing some of the stuff in there, like a college scheme yeah. but it was at last year's Training Ground at Birmingham City and um, yeah so I started to dip my toe into that and then um, long long road you, you know I, as I said I tried to play in this game I can remember just dragging me I can remember as I was running I'm thinking I'm dragging my leg here and I was miles off it I was getting absolutely tonked I couldn't shut down I couldn't turn it was embarrassing okay. and I thought Jerry you've got you can't do this, mate, just quit. So I said to him, right, thanks very much. Um, that's me, done. Mm. But in my mind, I'm gonna get fit now. So I went back to Birmingham. I was with a physio, a guy called Neil McDiarmid, so old school, and he took me on things called Rambo runs. So it was pro work. You're running over fences, fields, out in the sticks, beasting me in the gym, and in a perverse way, it turned me into a beast. I got stronger in me quads, I got my upper body stronger, and I was fitter than I ever would, and I thought I was fit, but I suddenly became extraordinarily fit, ridiculous, but I didn't have a club. So I'm thinking, right, okay, 32, this is freaky football. I went and watched a reserve game at Birmingham, and my mate Martin Granger's there playing, and I'm sat, and John Ward sitting next to me in the stand. He was at Wolves, bearing in mind before yeah. that. We played against him in derbies, and he'd always liked me. He was at Rovers when yeah. we were at Bath, and he always yeah. liked me. And at a the time they was preaching me possibility. Yeah. Going to Rovers, he'd always like me a lot. And he just said, All oh, right, Jerry, he said, What are you doing here? I said, Oh John McCruisha, I've done it. He said, I didn't know that. He said, I'm at Cheltenham as manager. He said, Come down and train if you want. Can't pay you any money. He said, Just come down in league two. I said, about it? I thought i don't, I'll do that. At my own cost. Well, two hundred and ten league games later I've I had a career at Cheltenham it's Town right. from 32 to 39. Yeah. Fairly Um And it was purely, I went down there, I trained. He liked what he saw. I signed a contract to the end of the season. Like I said, I ended up signing three contracts at Cheltenham Town. Ended up captaining them for a spell. Became the oldest player to play in the football league for Cheltenham Town.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I said, 210 games. Played in a major cup final. So we got promoted against Grimsby at the millennium in front of thirty so I sort of half buried the demons. Yeah, yeah. At thirty-six I was then. Um and, and finished when I was thirty-nine in the Football League. Sorry. So we get a few old footballers in, don't we? They yeah. Keep playing and playing. Yeah. Yes. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. So then you were into management? Well, then so th- John got sacked, Keith Downing come in, learnt more off Keith Downing and John than I ever have done about coaching in my career, tactical stuff. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Survived in League One, we'd done the double over Knott's Forest, double over Leeds, Little Cheltenham. Ridiculous. And um, Martin Allen come in, and Martin Allen came in, and it was... Mad doc. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> crazy. First thing he'd done, we had, We had a breakfast club, he got rid of it all. Took all the pictures off the wall, everything that made us what we were. We were like a bath in the league. Togetherness, spirit, everything. I'd set up a breakfast club, so I'd put in newspapers every morning, we'd have beans on toast together, play some snooker, some darts, that camaraderie, that team spirit. He got rid of it all, took all the pictures out, he said, I want no history. He said, that's it, I'll clean it out. So he came in and he did his first meeting, he said, he hadn't spoke to me, he said I was going to, his number two, was new number two, I never spoke to him in my life. Um, And he said, I'll name a squad, I wasn't even in the squad, and I was still playing. So I thought, this ain't the way I want to be some of the stuff I mean people have gone on record some of the stuff he does just not me just one professional um, and I left and I went to Forest Green and that's where I started my real serious coaching so Jim Harvey was manager in yeah. Forest Green Cheaper. yeah and, it, and a really 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 good manager played a lot of football quite expansive and he said I'll leave you to it you take the first team Bearing in mind I'm really a coached, so I was thrown in the deep end. Yeah. And I can remember, Tony, you will resonate with this. I was getting my sizes wrong, my, my, my distances were wrong in it, my timings were wrong in it, but I learnt mm. on the job. Yeah. The one thing I did do, which I took from him, was we would had a 12-minute run every every training session <laughs> was a warm-up as a 12-minute run. And the lads hated it. <laughs> <I believe> it. <laughs> they hated it. So um, but yeah. you'd already been, t- you know, you
2: mentioned Paul Trollope, who uh, worked yeah, worked at Bristol Rovers, you know, and, and lovely man, but student of the game as well, massively, and and so yeah, there was always that in the back of your mind already. Yeah, and I, I,
1: learning on the job is is probably the best. Yeah, yeah, I always, I, I, wouldn't just turn up for games or training and not think about it. I would say to them, no, please don't turn up and just tick it off, and you've got a good sweat on. Them. Please think about what the details in the session and what we're trying to get out of the session. Yeah, and I, hopefully they do, but. Um, yeah, so I, I took that into there and um, I was player coach so yeah. I'm playing, bearing in mind coming up to 40 I'm playing in the conference yeah. and um, we play Oxford United or in the conference at the time at the, new, at the New Lawn and one of my ex-teammates Chris Carruthers is playing for Oxford, I go down the right wing I cross it, he bumps me, I go off balance and if you've been a forest green it drops off the pitch a bit, as I drop off the pitch I see the wall and I can't react and I see a steel bar and my face hits a steel bar so I'm down and I'm concussed and the, I fractured my eye socket and cheekbone in four places. Right. Um, I went back on and played. I was concussed for two minutes, um, stupidly, but that was me, I thought it was all right, but depressed, everything was depressed all around here. So within three days, I was, I was chucked into Worcester Royal and had a major operation on my face, went up through a roof of my mouth and got a plate. Yeah. All in there, they were gonna take me under the eye, but I said, please don't touch my face. So I, <laughs> went, up. <laughs> so I went up through the roof of my mouth and um, yeah, that was it. And I thought, the big chief's looking down on me now and yeah. saying, do you know what, mate, Time. Time. call it call it a day and, um, and go into your coaching.
2: Hmm.
1: Successful career in, with coaching,
2: Norwich, yep.
1: Wolves. Yeah, I've, I've loved my coaching, I, I got the bug for it. I never knew if I, you never really know if you will, do you, when you finish? It's, yeah. it's, I think it's either one or the other. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I've been fortunate enough to get to the top level um, in the Premier League coaching his category status. So I worked at Cat one as 18s yeah. and twenty-threes coach. Started at Bristol Rovers with the eighteens yeah. with Trolls. Um, I set up an academy at Kidminster Harriers. The best thing I did before I went into Norwich was I became European Scout for Chris Hutton, yeah. who I've got a really good relationship with. So I was going to Spain, Holland, Italy every Sunday morning whilst running an academy with games on a Wednesday, but every Sunday I was watching games for him, watching players yeah. as a learning tool for a young coach. Brilliant. Um and then Became 23's manager down there. Back to Wolves, worked under Kenny Jacket in the PDP as well. Went to India for a short spell, went to Delhi. Yeah, um, which was I a bit, yeah, a little bit left field. Um, like anything in coaching <laughs> as well, tone you get sacked as well in coaching. So if you're part of a team, in <laughs> yeah. all this time, I've ended up getting a bullet. Yeah. Um,
2: and well, I took the Raiders under 18s over to um, mm. India back, back in the day, you know, and yeah. And, and, yeah love absolutely well phenomenal with their cricket but their football they
1: love their football oh yeah they love the Premier League yeah 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 you know yeah they're obsessed no they're obsessed with it mate and um, yeah so I I, when you go in with a team they often take that team out I survived for a bit after Chris and Charles had gone from Norwich about nine months and I knew really you feel like you're on your own and you're not part of that Mm -hmm. group so that was lock, stock and barrel to Norfolk and come back and then Wolverhampton and Kenny got the sack and the same thing lasted a bit, came out. And then Sporting Group International, they called, um, offered me a role at the American Embassy in Delhi. And I thought for a life experience, let's go and do it. Yeah, brilliant. Get a bit of money, go out there, signed a deal. I remember flying out and I'm thinking, Christ, what am I doing here really? <laughs> um, but I got there and they look after you like a king. Yeah. Um, Mind you, I went for my first run in Delhi and that was dodging cows, motorbikes, cars, <laughs> big holes in the road, monsoons. Yeah. It, it's like I mean Dead bodies on the side of the road yeah. wrapped in brown paper. Yeah, that. it's the rich and the poor, it's literally two scales of the earth, and it's mm. you see for a life experience, that's what it is. What I had done, just before I went, Bath City had phoned me.
2: Yeah.
1: And Dad was going out there constantly watching games, as you know, and they'd said to Dad, What's Gerry up to? Because Gary Hours had just left, yeah. or back to leave to go to Torquay. And they said, What's he up to? And um, Dad said, What are you just going out, to? going out to India? So they did phone me, and I had a I had an initial interview with Nick Blofeld, who, so we've got two chairmen, there's Paul Williams, who's brilliant day to day, Paul, fantastic job. I speak to him four or five times a day, massive relationship, and that's really important to have that. And Nick Blofeld's almost a lovely, a, lovely man. Lovely man. An Ex accountant, so he keeps me budget tight. <laughs> um, but Nick Blofeld's our other chairman, who's a strategic planner basically, so he does a lot around the redevelopment that we're hoping to get, etc. etc. So I have an interview with him at Warwick Castle, where he's CEO. I then say so I'm going out to India,
0: Wentworth.
1: I know oh, Warwick Castle's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. It's all a bit bizarre, <laughs> it's all a, Little bit bizarre. Chef you <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit bizarre. But I have my first interview, and it goes well. We sort of hit it off about, um environments and values and f- more about values i yeah. want to talk about my values and my yeah. my standards and everything around me what my philosophy because people talk about philosophy it's not a playing style a philosophy is your environment you set i.e the environment we had was a working environment where we knew we'd come to work and we do it properly for each other but we'd have a great relationship as well and that's key that's that's how you get success you can be the best coach in the world but if you haven't got your environment and people ain't buying into the way you are and the values you've got mm-hmm. forget it And that's, that's difficult. I'm just going for a little bit of a transition now, but that, that was that. And, um, I went out to Delhi and then I got a phone call in India and it was Paul. He said, we want to give you a second interview. I said, well, I'm in Delhi. He said, that's right. We'll do it on a Skype so I'm on my laptop and it's crashing and then they phone me on my mobile so I'm now doing it on WhatsApp video <laughs> and they're passing me around to each director
2: <laughs> to me second interview. Yeah, for
1: my second interview and I was like Andrew Pierce, there's Nick and there's Paul uh-huh. Williams and I'm like and there's another one John Bickley I think it was and well anyway it went really well and it was the thing I needed really to get back because I wasn't really enjoying it mm-hmm. if I'm being honest I'd seen enough of what I wanted to see and um, that was it so came back and um, I flew in on the Thursday, no, Tuesday or Wednesday. I took my first session on the Thursday and we had St. Albans away on the Saturday. Yeah. And I was ill, I remember being ill because I'd, I'd picked up something over there, bird flu or something, I don't know what it was. And um, went to St. Albans away and I sat up on a gantry and I watched it and Jim will tell you this, Jim Rollo, he said, you remember coming in and going, oh my God, what have you got here? Because you often take over a team when they're struggling or it's not quite right. They were all right, sort of mid-table you know that deep, don't you yeah yeah <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to change things a little bit and try and make it a slightly better product if you like to watch
2: yeah
1: I brought in a Bath City way which I picked up I know that's a corny thing to say but I brought in I've worked under such brilliant people and had such good experience in football I wanted to bring in what I felt as if could be my way which became the Bath City way and um, there's certain things we adhere to if you're working at a football club or you play for the football club and um and I set off on the route. And, and where we are today, you know, we've had 2 playoff finishes. Crowds are now regularly over 1,100 at the football club. We've sold five players in four years, which equates to about £80,000 in, in, in fees for the football club. As you know, is a lot yeah. of money that we brought in. We've had some really good, successful loans. could go into the loan market with my experience of development. Semenyo, Robbie Cundy now at Bristol, Bristol City. Um, sold Donovan Wilson, who scored in the final for Sutton. Sure. Um, on the weekend, and um, I'm back at a club where it more or less all, yeah. all started again. Time, yeah. So, yeah. long-term future for you? Well, I'm always ambitious because I always have been in my career, and you know, I'm 51 years of age now, and I, I don't feel it for starters. Yeah. I've got I've got so much energy for it still, so much bug, yeah. um, and I'm pretty new in it. If you like senior coaching, this is my first senior coaching role. It's not easy. Whatever people say, they think it's easy. They see us turn up on a Saturday and they think that's all you do. We said earlier, and we've said on previous podcasts, you know, it takes a real life. That's simple. Well, you said that already, haven't you? Yeah. You know, as it affected your relationships. Yeah. first and yeah.
2: Foremost and massively. And when you are going through a bad run,
1: yeah, you find out who your friends are. No, you do. As I said, this is the first call I've had for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> it's me pestering you yeah. yeah yeah you're right, mate. You're right. but I, I had to wait till we got resolved until I came in <laughs> it's been a while um, but no it's listen it, it's you have to take the highs and the lows with it in football forget the highs because you get too many lo- there's more lows than highs in football and that's facts what people all people see is me they think I was handed everything lucky you are to play at that level sod off no you work hard sod off you get you get what you, you it's like anything in life in your business Dave yeah. what you put in you get out and that's, that's what it's a, I always believe in that yeah. and that's been my values right the way through and that's, what, that's part of what we do now as well so really fortunate and grateful for what I've done and fortunate to be Bath City Manager because there's a lot of coaches and managers out there who would love to do what I do Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a lot somebody in football Jerry, that wants to take your place Yeah. and we
2: touched on it prior to the starting
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And there's loads that'll be there at Toyota Park on a Saturday, you know this, and they'll be behind me wanting my job. And I get it, and I totally get it, I understand it. Would I do that? No, I, I probably wouldn't do that. When I was manager, it was from the popular side they wanted me to <laughs> 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 Yeah, but they, they haven't changed, by the way, the popular side, they <laughs> had changed. So I'm like, come on, at behind the group. So, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I know what it's about. I know it's a results industry. Yeah. We've had some really good success over the years here. Of course, I want to take Bath City to the next level. Yeah. Can we we'll be able to cope at the moment with budgets? Probably not. Yeah. And that's not—I'm not doing that because the league we're in now has got stronger. It's London-based, bigger squads, bigger size in budgets. But it's not all about money, because I've proved that with what we've done. Um, and this summer, we will have a bit of a reality check as a board, and we've had meetings—really positive meetings about it. We have to win a couple of games and ensure we get to safety but I think I'll learn more from this year than I would have done for the first three years, that's Mm. for sure. Um, We've got a great facility. We train at SGS two nights a week. Um, Times have changed. We've got Huddle, which is a video analysis tool. They're all GPS, all the lads. Um, And I've brought in a multidisciplinary team, so we've got sports scientists. They don't cost stuff because this is a fourth year student at Bath Uni. I've got Andy now as my assistant. We've got Bookie as a goalkeeping coach. They're not there for the money. Oh, it's Bookie? He's sound. Yeah. He's absolutely sound. It's yeah, Yeah, Bookstore's all right. right yeah, he, um, obviously we played together, all three of so us, that's nice, because we all played together at Western. Um, yeah, Bookie's still got his business, obviously very successful with his window frames. Yeah, his window frames. So he can't, he can't come and train too much now because of his work, and it's, don't forget we're training at eight o'clock at night because we have to wait for City to finish, and that's hard so you train at, finish, train at 8 finish at 10 have to get back to Exeter or Oxford or wherever you live in <laughs>
0: that is, isn't it?
1: um, it's a lot of commitment non-league football and it still is oh, yeah. um, but we like to think we give them as best we possibly can so everything is provided for them yeah. so all they've got to worry about like you used to say all you got to worry about is playing on a Saturday that's all I try and do because that's all I wanted focus on your game focus on that ball and, um, and the rest the rest will hopefully come so it's been, it's been a wonderful time as managers so far um, I've got another year On my contract As we speak um, Hopefully we get A couple of results Which I think we will And, um, and we'll have another go We'll have another go Next season Yeah Yeah How's Jack Batten? Jack's good So Jack Has he fully recovered From oh. his injury? up until Saturday when he got sent off and put me under more pressure so this Saturday Saturday just gone I didn't know that yeah cheers (laughs) mate you've led right into that so Saturday at Twerton we had there were 1200 in 14 minutes in he's been dispossessed and um, and he's pulled someone down who's in on guard so straight red cheers that's all you need we end up drawing 0-0 so a a lot of the lads and you as a manager you probably take more don't you mate from that to to play that long Mm. I mean we literally banked in and parked all the buses but we had to yeah because I mean, against a Balich athletic it's a good side. sign, New Jersey yeah it is They're doing that no it is yeah it is yeah. and do you know what they all fell on the floor when the whistle went they all collapsed on the floor and it's a funny thing isn't it because you yeah. go uh, well if you can do that then yeah. can you do that every week yeah, that's right yeah. yeah but I think in a perverse way that's helped us because yeah. they they've found something there that they might not have had in recent weeks yeah um that's brilliant. So he misses this Saturday wet Concord. It's good timing, Jack, if you're listening, because you're not going to get rested. But you are, and you are travelling. Um. <laughs> you're going to run. Um, but he's good, yeah. He's over his injury. Yeah. He's yeah. been, he's been probably one of my most consistent performers over me four years. Yeah. Um, good lad. He's probably, he's probably underachieved for where he should be. Yeah. He played with Jordan, his, his kids, rovers and yeah. things like that. And so we know the family, and it's a lovely family. Great family. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Dad, Dad's always there. Yeah. Always watching him. Yeah. Um, Great lad, Jack, and um, no, he's done really well for me. So yeah, right. brilliant. Anything else you want to share? It's no, brilliant. I know. I know. I've talked a lot, and I so it's just like, well, it's this. It's, it's Isn't like, it good, Jerry. Catching up, um,
0: listening yeah. to the stories, and yeah. how your career has gone on from you know as no. a young lad, a yeah. little shy lad. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was. I was. I was. I was a
1: shy boy back in the about day. eight then, didn't yeah. You? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, well, the thing was, I had a baby face, didn't I? I was, yeah. I, I was really, really, really. I, as I said, I was from a sleepy little West Country village yeah. that had yes. a lot of experiences and tone touched on it. To go away and get the experiences I had has made me what I am today, and yeah. um, I can now I can now sit here and talk about things in the right way and have a good laugh as well. Because yeah. the reason I've come here is because thinking about coming here has brought up such good memories. Mm. And like we spoke about, there's been so much doom and gloom in the world and hysteria at the moment. Yeah. I hate negativity. It's one of those things I bloody hate around a football club, around me personally. And I always try and see the best in people if I can. Um, And I know I've been selfish in my football career, I totally admit that because I'm driven to succeed. Um, But I like to think the people around me, the people I bring in, I try and get the best out of them and that's all you can ask, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh, always stay true to your beliefs, mate. Yeah.
2: You know, you talked about DNA and everything and that's what you need to do, Yeah. stay true to your beliefs, especially when things are, are not going so well. Yeah. Ween it with Pina and Rico.
1: Thanks very much, Jerry Gill. Cheers, much man. appreciated. Cheers, Dave. Yeah, nice see come. you. Jerry. Great to see you guys. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, lads.